Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. I hope you're getting as much out of this prayer series as I am. It's been so fun to hear how much you loved Monday's episode with Anne. I know, me too. And if you haven't heard the earlier ones with Pastor Pete Gregg and Pastor Derwin Gray, I highly encourage you to give those a listen as well. And just a reminder, AnnieFDowns.com slash prayer has a lot of great resources for you. As we continue our prayer series, just a reminder, you get to hear from some of my mini BFFs about their thoughts on prayer during each episode. I absolutely love this part. So here's one of my mini BFFs, and then we'll get into the rest of the show. My first question is, introduce yourself. What's your name and how old are you? I'm Lainey and I'm nine years old. You're nine years old. Will you tell me, do you pray every night, every morning in the day? Do you pray? I think every night. Yeah. By yourself or with your parents? With everyone in the house besides the cats. <laughs> why not? Why don't you invite the cats, lady? Um, because they're too busy murdering each other. <laughs> yeah, they're a little bit busy. Do you all go to the same room every night, or do you rotate around? Um, we go in the same room every night. Okay. Do they come to your room, or do you go somewhere else? In my room. Oh, fancy! So you get to pray in your room every night, and then just snuggle <laughs> down and go to sleep. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. What kind of things do y'all pray for at night when you pray together? Um, probably good nights of rest and good days tomorrow. Yeah. Do you ever pray when you wake up in the middle of the night? No. No. Do you ever think about God when you're feeling stressed or sad? Sometimes. Yeah. Do you think he likes to help you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think he does too. For any of our friends that are listening that have never prayed before, how would you tell them to start? Um, by praying about normal stuff. Uh-huh. Um, like what I pray about and things that you're thankful for. That's great advice, though, to start with 
praying for normal things and praying and thanking God for what he's done for you and the good things that you have. Do you think prayer works? Yes. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to share about one of our incredible partners, the new discipleship resource called Talk About from Awana. Y'all know Awana. Were you part of Awana when you were younger or are your kids learning so much scripture going through Awana right now? One of the things I hear all the time from my friends who are parents is that they want to have spiritual conversations with their kids, but they don't always feel like they know where to start. I get that. I feel the same with my mini BFFs, but I'm so happy to have a good answer to that need. Awana's new Talk About feature. With questions, answers, and Bible verses to discuss, Talk About provides parents and caretakers with the tools you need to have discipleship conversations that help deepen your family's faith. Since each family and child is different, Talk About also has great ideas and suggestions for family fun. Kids can draw, act, sing about, and explore each week's content in a variety of ways. This resource is available as a subscription for only $5.99 a month with all kinds of faith-filled content for families that will be conveniently delivered via email once you've logged in with your subscription. And my friends, that's you. Receive a free month when you use the promo code TSF, like that sounds fun, at checkout at talkaboutdiscipleship.com. Again, that's talkaboutdiscipleship.com and the promo code is TSF. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend, one of my dear teachers, Beth Redman. Beth is married to Matt Redman, whose songs you've sung a million times, even if you didn't know he wrote them, and they co-founded Passion City Church in Atlanta. Beth's a speaker, an author, a Dove Award-winning songwriter, and a podcaster, but more than that, she is my friend and teacher who prays. Her prayer life is one that has impacted me in so many ways. And as soon as we started talking about doing a prayer series, I knew I wanted Beth to come and teach us about not just how to pray, but how to have a prayer life. She has a prayer life. Y'all are going to love this one. So here's my conversation with my dear friend, Beth Redman. Beth, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Hi, Annie. Thank you for doing this such a joy friend i mean did you know when you signed up to be my friend if you signed up like it's a list that you <laughs> yeah. had to join we met six or seven months ago mm-hmm. in california and pretty much jumped in mm-hmm. talking about prayer and fasting we did yeah we were eating pizza at the time though which is <laughs> yeah we weren't mid fast by yeah. any stretch yeah will you back me up a little bit will you just kind of tell our friends your family life like how many kids you have where y'all have lived just to kind of give My hope today is that our friends listening will get a glimpse of a prayer life. Mm -hmm. And I have experienced you. I'm already teary, so I win. I went first. I have experienced you to live in prayer. And I've really been inspired to have a life of prayer through our friendship. And so will you kind of tell about your life? And then we can overlay your prayer life on top of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was brought up in the most incredible church. Yeah. The local church. I actually was born in the projects, but right at the center really? was this stunning church. And actually the building was shared between three denominations. And every few months we would get together and worship together. So I always felt a little ecumenical, but I felt like I was raised in such a place of substance and love. And in then Sussex? In Sussex, okay. in a place called Crawley. Okay. And I met my husband when I was 19. His name is Matt Redman. He's a worship leader. I was working with Youth for Christ doing 
schools evangelism at the time and met him and kind of this crazy adventure of us, you know, doing worship, discipleship, ministry, justice, all those kind of things together. Uh, We've got five children, which was a beautiful answer to prayer. But in the middle of that, we also had six miscarriages. So really had to develop a theology for suffering, but also learn how to pray and, and wait. And so, yeah, we're right now living in Southern California, but we're Brits to the core. Yeah. That is very different, Southern California and rainy England. 100%. (laughs) So you get some of both. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. How old are your five? So our oldest is nearly 22 and our youngest is 12. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The miscarriages happened before, after, in the middle, all of the above? So we had two children, um, beautiful, healthy children, and we're really prayerful about the third. Like, should we add? Like, is this right? We super, I mean, we really did go into this unified, is this right, Lord? And and we felt a yes. And I remember going to the baby scan. We were getting to that stage where we were going to find out the gender. I mean, we were just not expecting what hit us. And there was no heartbeat. And we had to walk away and think, well, it's like that moment with, with Mary when he didn't, when Jesus didn't come and heal Lazarus. Well, who's yes. Jesus now? Yes. You know, who is he now? Yeah. And learning to say, I still trust you. I still believe in you. I still love you, even in loss. And that's where we kind of began to write these songs together. Blessed be your name. You know, he gives and takes away. You never let go. Yeah. And I remember we sung that song, You Never Let Go. We wrote it because we were going to have a 30th birthday party for me. We'd invited 100 people. Yeah. And the night before, I'd had my sixth miscarriage. And Matt said, you know what, we're going to have to find a song to sing. I love him. He's always about the song. And so we sat and wrote that song as a declaration. Like, even though we haven't made the breakthrough, we're still going to praise you and you're still good. So that's how some of those songs came about. But yeah, after a few years, we had a breakthrough and we had our son Rocco. And we were like, this is a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. And then we ended up having two more children. (laughs) I'm like, I do not understand. What is happening? Right. <laughs> but I'll take it. Yeah. And so we ended up with this, you know, in heaven, 11. Yeah. But on earth, five. Um, yeah. Wow. In heaven, 11. <laughs> that is wild. Mm-hmm. That, okay. So let's just jump in. When all that is going on, mm-hmm. you've prayed and you've heard God. Mm-hmm. And how do you keep praying? I mean, after number three, after number four, how do you still show up to pray? Well, you know, we know his mercies are new every morning. So when you go to bed and you're like, I can't actually get up tomorrow. I can't do this anymore, that those mercies come in. But that's when you believe Jesus is praying for me. Mm. You know, how many friends do you wow. know in ministry? They wanted to give up. They, they, they called you in the night. Yep. You know, that dark night of the soul. And you're like, I can't do another day. I'm telling you, that's one I know. It's not about my prayers. Yeah. It's about Jesus's intercession for me that yes. I would just get up. That's all you have to do. Just take the next step. I can't tell you my plan for the next week, but I can tell you my plan for the next minute is that I'm going to trust that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. And I would tell myself that constantly. And maybe that ends in heaven. I don't know. Maybe that's where it's all going to be perfect with the bow. Right. You know? But just that grace, that mercy. And I can tell you in the night when you don't feel you can make it, you can wake up. No, Jesus just prayed for me because I got up and I had hope against all hope. Yes. For people who haven't heard that scripture, that is is literally in the Bible that Jesus is praying for (laughs) us like all the time. Yes. Yeah. That's wild. Yes. In Hebrews, he he makes intercession for us. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild (laughs) to think about that he... 
I wonder, you may have the same thing, you may not. Is he praying the same things I'm praying for me? Well, don't you wish you could have kind of had an ear on some of those moments where Jesus got up early when it was still dark, went yeah. to a solitary place? We don't know what he prayed, but we know that he needed to commune with the Father because apart from God, he couldn't do anything. Yes. But then we heard a little kind of glimmer of some of those prayers. We know he prayed for the children. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's in Matthew 19. We know he prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail. So yes. we get little glimpses of the prayers, but I'm like, whatever he prayed is what we, not maybe what we wanted, but what we needed. Mm-hmm. So will we, <laughs> this is theologically, you do not have to have these answers. <laughs> I, we are sitting across the table just talking <laughs> about prayer. But I also want people to hear that, like, this is what you and I do is we sit and talk about prayer. And like, Mm -hmm. this is part of having a life of prayer is having conversations that we may not have the answers to. Mm. So my question is, so will we still pray in heaven? Well, we should probably call N.T. Wright. (laughs) (laughs) Calling Tom Wright. (laughs) Let's buzz him in right now. Yeah, that's right. I wish he was on a phone, a friend. I know we're going to be worshiping and we're not going to get, probably get past the word holy. Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago do you remember starting to pray. Do you remember praying as a kid? I remember praying as a kid. Yeah. And uh, I was brought up in such a difficult environment. But for me, church was the river. And I saw everything good about God. And one of those things was, you know, worship and prayer and the word. And so, yeah, just having these little conversations with God at bedtime. And just, I had this beautiful Gideon Bible that I was given because I went to a Church of England school. We're given this Gideon Bible. And at the back, it sort of says, where to find help when. And so I would scroll through. And I just learned to pray those scriptures. I'm like, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to pray these scriptures. No, just as a kid, you would just pray the scriptures. Yeah, age 11, going to these schools where they're rich in the word and they're rich in liturgy. And hymns, you know, substance that you can kind of hang your hat on in trouble. Yeah. For our friends who have never prayed a scripture, what does mm-hmm. that mean? Well, I don't know if you've heard of Jodie Burnt, but she's written these fantastic books, Praying the Scripture for Your Children, Praying the Scripture for Your Life. And so what you would do is just take, you know, take the words of Jesus, say, for example, in the Gospels, and you look at, oh, okay, he's praying, blessed are the poor in spirit. So you just say, Jesus, thank you that you are blessing those who are poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. You might start naming someone who you are carrying and saying, Jesus, I'm seeing this person or, or this nation struggling right now, or this people group. God, I thank you that right now they're blessed, mm-hmm. even when they feel worse poor in this upside down kingdom you see them Jehovah Elroy and and it's just such a great template and also you're prophesying because you're using the word of God yeah so you're I mean the friends listening have heard me say this you may have heard me say this but I have said to the Lord a lot in prayer you said (laughs) I'm like I didn't write this yes you're the one who said if I trust you with all my heart that you will you know Levi Lesko was teaching us at our live show treat the Lord's Prayer like buckets and stop at each bucket and Mm -hmm. pray. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name and spend time right there for a long time and just pray through that. Yes. Right. And then to the next and then to the next. And when you get to thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Like, yeah, God, we want your kingdom here. Do you use the Lord's Prayer that way? A hundred percent. Yeah. In the UK in 2016, they were going to show the Lord's Prayer before the new uh, Star Wars movie. And there was a big outrage and they, they banned it. And I remember sitting with our kids and saying, well, these are the times we're living in. Yeah. We're now not allowed to publicly declare this prayer. So let's go after this prayer in our home. And wow. we began to pray this prayer so many times a day. 
together in the car before school, when I pick them up, before dinner, later in the evening, just praying it over and over again, saying, if ever we don't know how to pray, let's go back to these words in uh, Matthew 6 that Jesus gave us. And like you say, it starts with our Father. It starts with absolute reverence and dependence. And as you go through, yeah, it's give us today our daily bread. There's some needs and wants in there, but that's not how it starts. And that's Mm -hmm. not what it hangs on. It hangs on being a disciple who puts God on the throne and says, you are God and everything flows from that place. So anyway, that's how we ended up moving to America. We were praying that prayer so many times, your will be done, your kingdom come, praying it daily, daily with our children. And this feeling of the UK, the doors were closing and the doors to the US were, cl- were opening. And I'm like, what? I'm not down for that. Right. So, but right. I, this feels like in direct correlation because we are asking as a family over and over for your will to be done in our life. And I wow. think God made it so clear. Okay, then I'm going to close some doors. and I'm going to open some doors. That, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's the most powerful prayer. But also in Genesis where it says, let there be light and there was light. I think that's a beautiful prayer to pray where you are in confusion or there's an area that feels like darkness and heaviness. Just praying, praying the words of God yeah. over our circumstances out of scripture. I think it really shatters immovable things. Our staff is reading a book called Soundtracks by John Acuff. And in it, in the chapter we read today, he says, look for the evidence mm-hmm. of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So... Because then you'll kind of go, oh, that thing I was saying, that soundtrack over my life, there's Mm -hmm. the evidence that it's true. Mm -hmm. When you're praying, kingdom come will be done, and you're noticing doors close in England and start opening in the U.S., how did you know to tie those together? Because there was no desire to move to America. There was no dissatisfaction with the U.K. Yeah. There wasn't anything that you could have said, there's an offer on the table, should we go? We were just saying, not my will, but your will. What does that look like? And then something that felt like completely left a field came. And I mean, we saw things closing one after the other. Our kids' school closed. Oh my our, gosh. Our kids' daughter, our daughter's college that she was going to go to closed. I mean, things that you couldn't believe where we were going to live. We weren't going to be able to live there anymore. Yeah. Things were happening where you were like, do you think that maybe God's will is a, is a shift? Yeah. And so then we began to pray. And then one thing that Matt and I will often do is say, let's not talk about this. I'm the, I'm the big talker. I don't know if you could tell that. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we love about It's going to be more processing internally. Yeah. I'm going to be, and so let's not talk about it. And let's come back in a couple of weeks and tell me the one thing that felt clear. And we didn't talk about it. And he came back and he said, Beth, I've got one thing. I said, I've got one thing. He said, well, it's wild. And I said, well, this feels wild. And it was the place that we're now living. No, you knew right where to live. That we both had the one thing. Oh, my gosh. And it was really a beautiful moment. Is that why it was California? That's why it was California. And, yeah, because that's what I was going to ask you is why y'all didn't end up here. So many of your people are here. Yeah. And, and funnily enough, a pastor had said to us five years running, he'd, he'd spoken the name of the place where we live. He would just come up to us and say it, but no more. And I didn't even really pray about it. I was yeah. just like, well, if you've got more, let me know. And then it tied in. I was like. God brought it to mind. I was like, I think that's the one place. Wow. Mm. Do you know why yet? Honestly, for me, since I got there, I How feel... How long have you been there? So six years. Okay. I feel like for me, and I think we've talked about this a lot, I feel like I en- entered a bit of a cave season. Yeah. Um, and you're like, wow. <laughs> the unseen is not insignificant, but my goodness, it can be lonely. Yeah. 
And so pressing into that place and actually feeling like God's saying, I want you to go after some things in prayer. I'm not going to put you on a platform. Wow. You're not going to have your podcast back. Just just pray. And that is your purpose in this season. Yeah. And actually finding my identity in actually not being able to tell anyone what I do. <laughs> right. Because when everybody's asked for the last six years, I know that even when we sat down, I was like, Beth, have you worked out at the home yeah. or just worked in the home? Because you and I have only talked about the last six mm-hmm. years. We haven't talked about mm-hmm. all your accomplishments before that, which are legion. So, yeah, when people have asked you in the last six years, what do you do? Would you say, well, I used to work for A21 or I used to. How would you answer? Well, if I was to, to hail back, then I think that would be me for, me trying to project, you know, I, I belong, I matter because I mm. used to do this thing. Mm. But it's actually being content and just saying, you know, I just feel like I'm called to, to pray right now and to really get behind my kids and really get behind my husband. And, you know, I run a discipleship group in my home around the table. I'm so passionate about that. And I think if we feel convinced that we are where we are meant to be, metrics don't matter. Wow. Because... If the Son of God had full purpose in ministering to the one as well as the thousands, yes. then why should I feel that that is insignificant for me wow. unless my, my job security and my identity is in what I can tell you that I do yes. and in the numbers? And would I like to be doing more? Yes. Is it time? No. Wow. And Simeon's whole job. Oh my he, gosh. he was called to wait. Simeon like, and Anna. Oh, of, the, of all, <laughs> unbelievable. Of all the things. Yes. But God's kindness let him see the fulfillment of the promise yes. before he died. And so some people are called to wait and they never get to see it. Right. And I, I believe this for me is a season of waiting and praying. And I just want to see my kids know Jesus in all his fullness and get behind my husband and pray for Orange County and the women that he's kind of put around me. So. Yeah. Give my, give my whole heart to that. I'm thinking about how a couple of your kids are walking through some physical mm-hmm. pain. They mm-hmm. just have some injuries and some mm-hmm. things that have come up sideways. Mm-hmm. Annie would be going, Lord, for the last six years, I have prayed. And now my kids are hurt. Mm-hmm. There's so many of us. I have prayed and have not gotten the thing. I have prayed for my parents to become a believe believers maybe with someone's prayer or for my friend to get healed or for my kids to be safe and then those things don't happen does it frustrate you are you fine do you just pray through like how do you feel when you're in that situation yeah and that's that's a real test isn't it who is Jesus now yeah and what will I say about you Wow. When I'm not getting my way wow. or when the way is so broken, I don't know how to get through the way. Right. right. <laughs> but you're referring to something that I'm, I'm happy to talk about without getting to massive specifics. Yes. But um, yeah, we've got this beautiful big family and a couple of the boys were premature and that was a tough start to life, but haven't had any issues since. Yeah. But then in the last three months, you know, our third son had, had like a crazy sporting injury and had to have a surgery and is on a nine-month recovery process. And then suddenly our fourth son was diagnosed with a degenerative disease, which meant he'd need a spine surgery. I mean, this is like brand new territory. And then our youngest had been having some knee pain, just regular stuff, and so they sent him for an X-ray. And actually it wasn't the knee that they were bothered about. They found a tumor on his femur that they believe strongly is benign Mm -hmm. but still needs a surgery. So it's like I am now... Before I'm discipling teens to stay on the narrow road, now I'm discipling children in physical pain and enforced rest and being cut off from their friends and their life and their freedom. And 
How do I do that? How do I navigate? I haven't gone, why God? I mean, there was a moment I was like, well, why can't you make Matt have those surgeries? He's (laughs) such a lovely, strong man. (laughs) He wouldn't even complain. Right. (laughs) He would be blessed to take it. (laughs) So we kind of laugh about that. But I, I haven't felt that God is not kind. Yeah. But I have wondered you know, do I need to like repent of some stuff? Like, is it, what's happening? And had to be like, stop it. That's condemnation. Wow. And there is no more of that in Jesus Christ. And so honestly, what I've started to do is actually say, God, thank you. Thank you that you're going to use this pain. I don't want my child to wow. be in physical pain. I don't want him to have steel rods put in his back and lay down for six months. But God, thank you that you are going to forge them in the fire because when we suffer, we share with Jesus Mm. and he shares himself with us. And we know that he's close. He's near in pain and suffering. And so I'm actually I'm not going to be that person. That's not going to be my prayer. It's like, you know, I know we can lament. God's so kind. He allows us to come close and lament. But I don't want to be that person right now because I'm convinced that he is going to use this to forge these boys in the fire. And I also believe that recently that he should, I feel like in prayer, he said, I'm going to call those three as as brothers. I'm calling them as brothers. And and we'll see down the road if that's right. And then I thought, well, how interesting then that in three different ways, they're suffering together. Yes. At the same time. At the same time. And their tenderness. I mean, they're, they're normal boys. They're 15, 13, 12. The way that they are so tender The way that they can empathize. And that's what suffering does. It equips us to mediate God's comfort. And so I'm like, yes, I don't want you to suffer. But if this means that you have a testimony where you can say, in that moment, Jesus became real for me. And that's how it was going to be. It doesn't mean God caused it, but it means God used it for good. So I'm convinced. So you're just already thanking him in I'm, prayer. I'm already thanking That's him. A- and don't get me wrong. Don't say I didn't be like, Wah! right, right. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Um, but I think that when you've been a Christian for 30 years and you've seen God deliver you from a pit that you could not have pulled yourself out from, then this is not the time to start asking why, even though we can. Wow. The psalmist is like, how long, O oh Lord? Yeah. Like, for real. Yeah. But we can also have confidence and then God can use that to actually make us a bridge. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our incredible partners, Indeed. I know so many of you are like me and have your own small business. You want to see it grow and you want to add value to the world in a unique way that you feel called to. Well, you can take your team to the next level with a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. That's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. 
Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. And you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. We get asked pretty regularly whether or not we're hiring, which is a huge compliment. Thank you. But while we aren't currently hiring, my answer is always when we have an opening, it's on Indeed. The team members we've found through Indeed are seriously awesome. Indeed just makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide, including mine, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. The offer is valid through April 30th. So go to Indeed.com slash sounds fun to claim your $75 credit before April 30th. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And I have another amazing partner to tell you about, Stamps.com. So speaking of things that can make a big difference with your business, are you like us here at Downs Books and the That Sounds Fun Network? I bet you are. We're always paying attention to ways we can learn and do our work efficiently and more cost-effectively. Well, Stamps.com helps us make sure that we're not wasting time or money with unnecessary or repeated trips to the post office. And and they can do the same for you. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and focus on how to take your small business to the next level. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process. So you can spend less time at the post office and more time making your customers happy. Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over a million businesses. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer and get discounts you can't find anywhere else like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Whether you're an office sending invoices or a beautiful Etsy shop or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. You'll be up and running in like minutes printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. Stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code that sounds fun for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Beth. Our mutual friend Christy Knuckles the other day said that in a season when she was suffering, she kept saying, yes. I love you in this. Yes. I love you in this. And that has, I mean, in the last week since I heard her say that, that has changed. I mean, you've walked with me the last six months. You know things that I've been walking through. Yes. It has changed how I've prayed. <laughs> I've got, you know what? I love you in this. And my body not doing what I want my body to do. And my story's not going exactly the way I want to. Like, okay, I love you in this. Not... I loved you before this, or I'll love you after this, or I'll love you through it. But it's literally like, okay, right here, I'm figuring out how to say I love you. And that it feels like it has opened up something in prayer. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think it's trust? Do you think it's faith? Do you think it's hope? Like, what do you think it is? I think I thought I need to shut all the systems down <laughs> to self-protect yeah. for a minute and mm-hmm. to heal. And mm-hmm. in that, I don't think I knew what I was choosing. Yeah. But I think I chose a bit of disconnection with God to, so that I would not hurt. Yeah. I was like, I just need a break. <laughs> so yeah. I'll just run hard after the things I can tangibly run hard after which are work and friendship and, you know, and the things that are out of my control, I will turn off versus walk through. Mm -hmm. And, and I think in Christy giving me some language and some of the things you've said to me in the last few months have, have opened up my willingness to have the thing examined versus buried. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. And there's that thing in all of us that can be like, Eve behind the tree, whether we've sinned or we've been sinned against. It's like, I just want to hide from God right now because I don't know if he's safe. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to do like an intimate moment right now. Right. And it's those moments that Christy gave you. It's like, actually, I'm going to come out from behind the tree and I'm going to call you father. And I don't get it. And it wasn't the ending I wanted. But the enemy is not going to separate us. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. How much is prayer about getting what you want? And how much is it about activating God to do what we want him to do? And how much of it is about connection? Well, first of all, it's communication with God. And it should flow from relationship. Mm. You know, not showing up with my, hi, God, here's 10 things I want you to bless today. Yeah. Because then we're just consumers, aren't we? But it's just being lovers of his nature going, where would I be without you? You're my all in all. You're the beginning. You're the end. I love you. Like like the Lord's Prayer says, you're my father. I want to yeah. start from there. Yeah. And it's that communion, fellowship, friendship. And I had a little prayer journal that someone brought me once. And it just starts off with the discipline of praise. Oh, wow. And then uh, repentance. Mm. And then prayer for others. And then right at the end was supplication for self. Yeah. yeah which the is basically last thing you get to do. <laughs> which is basically the Lord's Prayer, right? Um, and then a little section about pray, you know, we pray for our enemies and just Yeah, will you talk about praying for your enemies? I know that's a thing like in your discipleship group. Yes. Before y'all take communion, you said Yes. You pray for your enemies. Why yes. is that? Well, do you know Dr. R. T. Kendall? We were yes. having dinner with him years ago and he said, you know, who's on your enemy prayer list? And I'm oh. like, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh. And what happens if I pray for my enemies? how much more they suffer. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and so he really taught us the theology, which is in uh, it's in Matthew 5. If you read uh, Love for Your Enemies, Praying for Them, he taught us the theology of that. And that actually it's so important that we aren't just praying for the people that we love, but we're praying for those who persecute us, who are mm-hmm. against us. Mm-hmm. And that was such an important prayer. That was such an important spiritual discipline. It hurt my flesh so badly. But actually, I began to find such freedom. You cannot gossip about someone you pray for. Try it. But you can't pray for someone you gossip about. Try that too. Wow. Watch what happens when you begin to pray for your enemies. Yeah, you just get convicted so quick. Yes, yes. And so in in the discipleship group, kind of began to teach from from Matthew 5 and just say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to live. We're never going to speak about a circumstance. We're not going to name a name, but we're going to all at once begin to call out and pray God's blessing on our enemies, God's favor, God's mercy, God's kindness. We're not going to bring, you know, bring the complaint. We're going to ask for a blessing. Okay. But if God blesses your enemy, 
or your frenemy, which is more likely 100%. our lives, is that it's the other mom at the pool. It is the other leader at church who ruffles your feathers. It's the person who's hurt your feelings years ago. You would never out. I don't know a lot of people that outright would say I have an enemy, but we'd be like, well, I don't get along with them. But then when they get something we want, it's brutal. So when you're praying for them, what happens if they get the things you want? Well, I think in that moment, you're not worried about the outcome. It's about obedience. Okay. Jesus tells us to do this. And this is an important thing. Actually, Romans 12 tells us it like heaps bunny coals on the head. Yeah. Actually, there's a conviction that comes where yeah. whatever that issue is, they can't stand it. Yeah. And you didn't need to go to bat for yourself. Often when we think about enemy, it's actually a, maybe there's been a slander. There's something that you can't put right in your own strength. Yeah. And actually you're saying, God, I want your best for this person. God, I want them to know you. God, I want breakthrough for them. God, I want all of the good things in Christ for them. Yeah. And it's such a flesh killer. Well, you won't believe what happened. We did not speak a name but we began to see women come forward with testimonies of reconciliation. They started to bring these women no. to the Bible study. And I got a message the other day of, of a Bible study that was planted in LA with this group of women. Oh my God. Seeing redemption by actually saying, I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to repay evil for evil. I'm just going to pray the scriptures and I'm not even going to defend myself. Yeah. And God bringing repentance. And God bringing reconciliation and relationships. So I, I thought that was such a helpful moment for my spiritual growth. Going, I wouldn't have thought to do it. Yeah. Don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> Does it bear beautiful fruit? Have I seen that in my own life? Yes, I have. Monday on the show was Ann Voskamp. And we were talking, she and I were talking before we recorded about we want deep roots and real fruit. But the problem is neither of those things happen quickly. And... That is the same in prayer, right? I mean, you're going after deep roots and real fruit in the lives of your children mm -hmm. and the lives of the people you pray for. And that is a slow thing. How do we keep going and not give up when we don't see our prayers answered, even for our enemies? Yeah, I mean, it's about patience, isn't it? It's about the fruit of the Spirit at work in your life. That actually, mm -hmm. I can't keep going on my own because we're mostly results-based, right? Yes, <laughs> It's like, I'm not saying, like, I'm just going to give up. Yes. And I would say in that moment, don't give up. Like you, Simeon and Anna, like a lifetime of waiting. And yes. they saw the full promise. Yes. And I would just encourage parents who are praying for prodigals. I encourage people who are praying through childlessness or, or just seasons of waiting. I would just say, don't lose your hope. Mm. And just keep speaking to your soul. Like, you know, Psalm 103. Yes. Don't forget the benefits. Don't forget that God is hearing, that God is near, that God is close, that his timing is perfect. And listen, I'm praying for things that I've been praying for for years and yes. I haven't seen a breakthrough. But I felt God just say, trust me in increments. Oh, wow. And I remember a friend saying to me, you know, just look for a, for a, a fist as small as a man's hand. Just look for the <laughs> cloud. Right. Just right. look, you know, look for the fist, look for the tiny. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to look for the fist, for the yes. small increments. And in our lifetime, we are going to see suddenlies. We're going to see miraculous things that are, all we can liken them to is like death to life. Yeah. Where that was a mountain moving moment. Yes. But I believe there's a ton of other just taking the next step, just faith we yes. pray. And that's when I'd say grab a prayer partner. Mm. Especially for single women, grab a prayer partner, form a prayer triplet. 
not people who will talk about it with you, but will say, can we just write now? Let me pray for you because I've got the faith for you. We were in a circle about six months ago. And a woman was showing that for seven years she'd been childless. And this other girl who didn't even know her said, right. I'm going to pray for you right now because I've got the faith. Yes, you, I, what, what you don't have to believe, yes, I can believe. Yes, yeah. and she said, can you believe with me because I've got the faith. And so wow. she partnered with her yes. faith. Well, right now I'm planning her baby shower. <laughs> oh, my god! And you're seeing like seven years. Can you imagine? You know how many days that is? Do you know how many hours? Do you know how many yes. nights, dark nights of the soul? But then there was a suddenly. Yes. And so I just believe it's having those those friends who will say, well, let me pray for you. Yes. Do you will you believe with me? When I think about the way Jesus taught about prayer, you can correct me on this, Beth. But when, and when I talk to people about prayer, I mean, all of Jesus's suggestions and instructions were to keep going. He very rarely, if ever, talks about, so walk away when you don't get what you want. Yeah. It is like, ask, seek, knock. <laughs> Go in the middle of the night, the persistent widow. I mean, yeah. it just feels like our call in faith, especially in our prayer lives, is to just never give up. Yes. Right? Yeah, 100%. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Yeah. A.K.A. do, do not, not stop. Yes. And, and we can't say when the breakthrough is, but we know God hears every prayer, mm-hmm. every supplication, mm-hmm. all of them he hears. And yes. I trust him. It's not my will, but it's yours. It's not my timing. It's yours. But I would just encourage you to find other women, find other guys to pray with, to believe with you and for you in those moments where you're like, Here's the thing. I felt like giving up. Yeah. And we just wade in together to the cross. Tell us a little bit about what, like, what does your week look like when it comes to prayer? Do you pray for like an hour a day? I want you to tell the whole truth because do you pray for an hour a day? Do you like get up at 3 a.m.? Are you like an early morning prayer person? Will you talk a little bit about fasting? Will you just kind of give us the rhythms of your prayer life? Yeah, I was so helped by Elizabeth Elliot. Yes. Loved her. Such a, I mean, she's literally my mentor in the faith. Yeah. And she had such a strict rhythm where she would wake up at 4.30. Okay. And she would begin her day praying. Like, that's where it all started. And then she would begin her study and she would have these rhythms. And so as you know that, is it in a book of hers? Yeah, it's in a book of hers. Would you remember which one? I don't remember which one, but they wrote out um, like a schedule, her and Lars, like their daily schedule. And they would take a walk and they would. Yeah. But she woke at 4.30. Okay. And we know Jesus. He got up early when it was still dark and he went to a solitary place. Listen, in 2020, apparently we could cope with 12 seconds of information. Now in 2022, it's eight and goldfish are nine. So listen, I think my biggest struggle is to choose to go to a solitary place because I'm so easily distracted. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? I was inspired by that. I'm an an early riser, not by nature, but by discipline. I find that I need to be alone with Jesus before I can actually face my children. Right. (laughs) You have six other people sleeping in that house yeah. and you got to get up first. And so that prayer journal, that rhythm of like praise, repentance, prayer for, prayer for others, supplication for self, yeah. Bible in one year, that's been a really good rhythm. I need that structure. Yeah, me too. Um, if I do a free for all, I'm like, I'm thinking about all the things. Oh, and then, and then I've squandered that moment. Yeah. But listen, Jesus, he speaks. He doesn't just say like anyone prays. He actually says hypocrites pray. Mm. So what does it look like when a hypocrite prays? It's loud. It's public. It's wordy. And, but he talks about true prayer being when you pray. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. Yeah. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door. What does that speak of? Intimacy, private, dis- distraction-free. Yeah. And pray to your father who is unseen. Mm-hmm. 
and he will reward you in, in, in the open. And so I think for me, that's how is the best way for me to pray. Yes, I can show up and say, Beth, will you pray? Will you close the meeting? Will you open the meeting? But that's where I can tend to be a hypocrite. If I haven't had that time in this secret place, in that moment, I'm a hypocrite. But I also love that outside of outside of the structure we're told to pray continually yeah so I find myself like or I said to you like why do I pray for you when I make my bed I don't know (laughs) I love it so much and Anne was telling me she's like I have someone I pray for when I make my bed too I don't know what that is all about I'm like I pray for Annie when I make my bed that's like my new thing and then I'll pray in my car in yeah. my car like I don't have are you praying out loud when you're doing this and I'm praying in my head okay. praying in my head and sometimes I'll just think about someone I say Jesus help I yeah. don't know what to pray just Jesus yeah. help yes. and I find that some of the biggest breakthroughs I've had in the last few years have been those prayers in the car those little moments that I've thought that I've confessed that I've surrendered at the cross not too many words not too much thought but just literally a surrender prayer so that's what it would look like. In terms of fasting, I was brought up going to this church where fasting was a really regular discipline. I worked for an organization called The Message, and every Friday yeah. we would fast yeah. and have nights of prayer. So I was brought up under that discipline. But again, not to make a thing of that. We're not yeah. to walk in and go, guys, look at my face. Right. Totally fasting. Right. Um, the last time I was fasting, though, I texted you and I said, here's my reward in full. <laughs> this is terrible. I, I, I understand what I'm trading in, but I'm having a terrible time. I need to share this. Yeah, yeah. So I think that those are disciplines that are so needed, that yeah. there are some things that will not shift without prayer and fasting. Yes. And there are some things where you're like, do you know what? I want to go after this with my whole heart. I don't want to just start the year fasting. But actually, I want to make this a regular discipline and say, I want to go, you know, in the week and use Tuesdays until four. Yeah. Um, and John Wesley, you know, yes. he said he wouldn't commit anyone to ministry if they weren't fasting for a minimum of, was it two or three days a week? Oh, my God. Yes. John Wesley. So come like, on, Methodist. I'll give you one day till four. Will you <laughs> yeah, take me? Right. <laughs> yeah. Give me a chance, John Wesley. <laughs> I think it's important for our, because we really haven't talked about fasting very much in this series yet, but there really is something. I mean, there's a time in scripture where Jesus said, oh, the reason that thing didn't shift is it has to be prayer and fasting that make things shift in this particular. Yes. In the context of deliverance. Yes. 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 So do you see that happen in your prayers? Do you see it be more impactful when you're fasting or you just feel more focused when you're fasting? I feel convinced that it's powerful Mm. and I feel that there are some things that we're going after that are strong and need breaking and that that spiritual discipline there's something about it and I know that there's been times you know my mum will say we're fasting on Fridays and they'll you know for someone very specific and I've seen a breakthrough where I'm like oh my goodness yeah so I think, and it's something that you can do for others. I mean, in terms of laying down your life, yes. to say, I will go without in this way because I love this person this much yeah. that it's not just about fasting for my breakthrough, but it's fasting for your breakthrough. Yes. That feels to me like such a beautiful way, no greater love as a man than he laid down his life yeah. for his friends. Yeah. Do you keep a journal where you write everything you pray? I do, but listen, I just recycled them. I got so worried that someone might find them. <laughs> you wait, you like took them to a recycling center? I was like, listen, here's some, there's some prayers in here that, listen, 
we pray in the public, we pray in, we pray in pairs, we yes. pray in the secret yes. place. This was the secret place prayer yes. journal. Yes. <laughs> so, do you know, I have a box of them, and, and our producer, Johnny, can tell you because his wife was in my small group for a long time. <laughs> Just about all of my closest friends, my small group, my best friends here, they know that my journals get burned when I die. Really? Like, okay. Nobody yeah. reads any of them. There's a $20 bill taped to the top of the box so they can buy the stuff for <laughs> s'mores. I'm like, build a bonfire. Miss me as much as you want to miss me. Burn every journal. Because I'm like, I write books. I've already given y'all my words. My this is amazing. Poor Anne Frank didn't sign up for her journal to frame it. You know, like all this these people. Amazing. Or if you go to a funeral. Did you and I talk about this in the car? No. <laughs> If you go to a funeral and they're like, I'm going to read from page 12 of Aunt Carol's journal. I'm like, did you ask Aunt Carol? Oh, my god! Don't read my journals. Don't read my journals. I'm coming to this party. I'm going to be like, sorry, I just need a minute with this. <laughs> right, right. You're like, uh, yeah, burn them all except 2021. I need to read the end of 2021. That is um, wild. So I think one of the things I'm hearing from some of our friends listening is I don't journal because I don't want people to read them. So I don't write down my prayers because I have nosy teenagers. Yeah, it's not a diary. Husband. Right. So... Help us who are a little afraid to journal because we don't want a public record of our deepest prayers. Well, I mean, they're sacred and right. they're holy. They're not right. scandalous. Right. So I think it's anything to be afraid of. But for me, I thought, gosh, that moment has passed. You oh, know, that yeah. pain point has passed. Yeah. That complaint has passed. That prayer for that couple has passed. And actually, I don't want to, if love holds no record of wrongs, I don't really want my journal to be sat there holding all of this information yes. that's now passed. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just felt too personal to have laying around. But yeah. it's not a scary thing. It's a beautiful, sacred thing. And sometimes there's so much in our minds. Right. I mean, he gets so caught up in our thoughts. It's like, just pour it out. Just write those laments, write those complaints, write those praise points, write those supplications, write it all down. And like God holds it all yeah. like a way to just get it out and lay it all down at his feet. And then we're like, oh, it's done. And that's why I love Elizabeth Elliot's disciplines. She would get up and start her day, like mm. confessing, just dependent, yeah. surrendered. Yeah. And I think that's just such a beautiful, holy example. But I'm all about the journal. Yeah, me too. I'm like, just even if you finish one and want to recycle it, like just getting it down matters. Yes. And it's not secrets. It's just the fact that it's in the secret place. Yes. So it's yes. for the audience of one. Yes. That's all it is. That's all we're saying. We're yes. not going, oh my gosh, if anyone could see inside my head. Right. You mean, obviously that. Yes. But this is the secret place we're talking about. Yeah. It makes me think that, you know, the reality is if I'm journaling or praying something that is a secret that no one else knows, that should actually tell me to invite someone else into that story. Mm -hmm. That's good. Because we don't really want to have secret lives, mm -hmm. right? If you're confessing a sin in a journal that nobody knows is your sin, yeah. someone else needs yes. to know. Yes. And there are a couple of things I'm not afraid of getting canceled over. And one of them is anything secret because everybody knows, like somebody knows everything, right? Like my, my sins aren't secret. They aren't great, but there are people I confess them to. Yes. And so maybe part of our fear of journaling as I'm thinking about it is maybe it's uh, the things you're praying nobody else knows. And that's why we need prayer partners and people that come in with us so we aren't alone in it. Yes. I remember once I was praying like, Lord, cut this relationship off with my child and their, you know, their girlfriend. And yeah. I was like, this would destroy our relationship for an entire lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Rip the piece of paper. Did you? So I'm just going to think that prayer. <laughs> right, right, right. I wrote it down once. I'm going to tear it out. And I'm saying it because now we laugh about it. That's right. That's um, right. So, yeah. 
Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one last time to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Liquid IV. I really believe this is true, but we make time and space for the things we need to keep us healthy, right? Not that it doesn't also involve discipline, but if we see the benefits of something, we work it in, right? Like we rest, we eat good things, we move our bodies, and we take time to be with other people and to spend time reading and praying too. In addition to all of that though, we can't forget friends, we have to make hydration a priority. One stick of liquid IV in my water bottle hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Liquid IV has incredible hydration flavors like watermelon, lemon, lime, strawberry, acai berry, and more. I just add liquid IV to my water bottle in the mornings because staying hydrated gives me what I need to tackle the day ahead with energy and focus. And anytime I'm feeling low on energy, the liquid IV energy multiplier peps me right up, but without a crash later. Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, and three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, and it's non-GMO, and it doesn't contain gluten, dairy, or soy. But in addition to tasting awesome and supporting my hydration goals, Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. They've donated over 19 million servings globally. Isn't that awesome? So grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code THATSOUNDSFUN at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code THATSOUNDSFUN at liquidiv.com. Do not miss on that energy multiplier, y'all. It is so good. Experience better hydration at liquidiv.com, promo code THATSOUNDSFUN. And I've got one last amazing partner to tell you about, Pendulum. The more I learn about how our gut health is connected to so many parts of our lives and how we feel, the more interested I am. It's related to so much more than just diet and exercise and actually has very little to do with whether or not you're eating yogurt. Having a healthy gut microbiome is crucial to a healthy life. Pendulum Therapeutics is the first and only biotech company to both isolate an important beneficial bacterial strain and put that strain into a probiotic capsule. That capsule, Pendulum Acromancia, can help manage your gut health. As we age, we actually lose acromancy in our gut microbiome. Great. I roll emoji inserted here. But the good news is that taking pendulum glucose control is an easy way to get the acromancia back into your gut microbiome. Pendulum is a leader in research on the gut microbiome and its connection to gut health and type 2 diabetes. Diet and exercise are important for sure, but your gut microbiome might be the missing piece of your health and wellness strategy. Pendulum's mission is to discover better ways to manage chronic illness through the microbiome and empower people to achieve long-term health. Pendulum Acromancia contains a prebiotic to help feed the acromancium so it can grow and thrive in your gut and do what it is there to do. And it's non-GMO and formulated and bottled in the U.S. with the highest safety and quality standards. Take care of your long-term health. Get the probiotic rooted in the latest microbiome science from Pendulum. Visit PendulumLife.com and use the code THATSOUNDSFUN for 20% off your purchase. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-L-I-F-E.com, promo code THATSOUNDSFUN for 20% off. And now back to finish up our conversation with Beth. So for any of our friends listening where prayer has been a part of their life, but they don't have a discipline of it. They don't have a, I get up every morning, I spend 30 minutes at my lunch. Talk to us about adding the discipline side. You feel like you say that's what's changed your life. That's what's changed my life. 
is doing the disciplines when I don't want to. <laughs> yes, that's such a good, yeah. Do, so yeah. talk to us about how we make it more than just a casual practice and we make it like a real discipline in our lives. And that could be today, right yes. now, listening to this podcast saying, you know what, God, I want to make a new beginning. Mm. And like tomorrow, would you wake me up? Yeah. I've asked the Lord to wake me up because I know my body. Yes. And that's not me staying up till midnight watching TV and then going, oh, wake me up, learn yeah. helplessness. Yeah. I'm saying, God, would you just, you can go against my natural rhythms. Would yeah. you wake me up? God has been faithful to wake me up. Really? And I have found like following the example of Jesus when it's still dark, when everyone else is still sleeping, when I am alone, that that has been the place where my life has flowed from with integrity. Wow. Because it's basically like John 15, Jesus's own confession Remain in me and I will remain in you. Apart from me, I can't do nothing. Yes. So actually we're saying, Jesus, I want to start the day acknowledging that if we don't do it this way, I can't do it your way. Mm. I can't do anything without you. So yes. I would just encourage people to even then become accountable in that because I'm yes. all about wanting to make new rhythms. But if I'm not accountable in that and someone says, how are you doing? And then I'm like, do you know what? I really struggled in that. Yes. So, okay, well, let me pray for you. Yeah, because we're so quick to make accountability in, in exercising yes, or in how we eat or even in our phone usage, right? Where we're accountable to other people or to our phone's limits that we set. Yes. But I'm, I'm much slower to ask other people to know my spiritual rhythms. Yes. And even, you know, I can become religious in this. You mm. know, we can see in scripture, you know, you can get a certain kind of person that, that runs proud, like, oh, listen, listen to me. Look how spiritual I am. But actually, it's about having just accountability and saying, is this bearing fruit in my life, though? Yeah. Is me getting up and doing this, where is the fruit in this discipline? Yes. Or is yes. this just something that I can tick off? Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes my husband will be so sweet. He'll be like, you've been quite mean this week. Wow. And I think you might need some more sleep. <laughs> <laughs> He's so like, I'm instead like, of praying yeah. tomorrow. He's like, listen, I respect. Yes. <laughs> but also, yeah. the, you know, it's got to accompany the fruit. Uh, so I love that because yes. there's that hands-on accountability. Yes. So I'll be like, do you know what? I might need to go to bed at nine Yeah. for a couple nights because yes. it's all very well and good. Yes. But my kids are going to see mommy with the Bible, mom with the journal, and then they're going to see the fruit of that, aren't they, yes. in my life. Yes. So I would just encourage, listen, if this is what you want, if you're like, you know what, Jesus, I want to go deeper. I want to hear your voice. I feel like that distracted goldfish right now. Jesus, mm. would you just help me tomorrow to wake up? Would you just show me what to study in scripture? And maybe it's grabbing something structured like I found, you know, this beautiful prayer journal or yeah. finding a Bible in one year. Maybe you need that structure. Or maybe you're just someone who's like, just give me a pen and a paper, Jesus. Mm. Speak. I want to hear you. Yeah. I find often that I need a place and a plan, like you said. Like, if I'm going to pray in the mornings, my morning prayer time, the success, quote, quote, of my morning prayer time is determined on whether I have a place and a plan and determined by the night before. Yes. After dinner, I pretty much decide whether I'm going to get up and spend time with the Lord based on my behavior after dinner. Wow. Right? If I start watching a show, if I get on my phone too long, if I... If it gets to be 11 o'clock, I'm like, hey, if you get up tomorrow morning, it's going to hurt. So you should have gone to bed earlier. Yes. Right? So I feel like it's, I, I, I mean, Beth, I like, I want to pray for the rest of my life, which means I'm going to have to be really disciplined about when I go to bed. Yeah. And what will that take? Right. What are the things that are the distraction points? And you'll know. 
I remember I'm very extreme. So Matt got back from a trip and he's like, where are all the TVs? <gasps> uh-uh. Yes. You've gotten rid of all of them? Yes. <laughs> because I was undisciplined. <laughs> did you throw them away or what did you do with them? No. Just donate do, them? Do you know, you don't know my personality. Listen, I'm all in if I'm like, this is a hindrance. Uh-huh. So they were all in the garage in a cupboard. Oh and God. so he was like, well, here's the thing. I wasn't struggling with the discipline. It was you. Right, right. right. So we just decided to make a compromise, yeah. which was that we would only have one and it wouldn't be in our room. Yeah. So And that worked. And then I didn't have a phone for two years. I had a flip phone uh-uh. because I was so dist- I was my. I was getting in my own way. Yes. And I was like, I don't want to be distracted. I am the problem. Yes. God is wanting to draw near and speak to me, and yes. I'm the pro- I'm not drawing near. Yes. So I, Matt's like, why can't I get hold of you? I'm like, I'm available on this flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> Text Y or N. Yes, that's right. <laughs> One of the pastors here in town has a flip phone. Yes. And it is like when you go to text Dave, uh, Pastor Dave, I'm talking to you. When you go to text Dave and just ask him like, hey, uh, that verse you mentioned, did it? It's like, oh, I've got to, I've got to get it in one sentence because <laughs> Dave from Ethos I know. only has a flip phone, and so that's all you're gonna get. Hundred percent changed my life, though. Yeah. Well, that's how you know. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I have my normal phone that my people can get me to get me on, and then I have a phone that is all my social media, my email, my everything. And so in the mornings, it's gotten to where I just don't bring that one in the room with me. That one is, it's just a tiny computer. Virtually, I'm paying for a tiny computer because I had no self-control. I was like, I have to start writing a check for my self-control by having an additional resource so that my phone is virtually a flip phone with longer paragraphs. No way. Yeah, there's nothing on my phone that I talk to you, like I talk to people on except the phone, except texting and calling. That's it. I mean, there's stuff I can't delete. There's like weather, but you know, nothing that, nothing that is social or communicative outside of texting and calling because I have no self-control. But I love even that confession because I think it makes you so relatable because you're like, oh, I didn't know that you find it a problem. And though, how are you a big prayer? Because you had to implement things to have a distraction-free life. Yes. And I have this alarm clock now that is kind of like the sun. It starts rising. (gasps) A hatch? Yes. This, our show, we we joke that we we are fake sponsored by hatch because we love it so much, but they don't pay for a sponsorship. I've got them for my kids. These things, it starts like the sun starts rising. You can't like check in on messages. It just wakes you up and it gets you ready for the day. Do you use the going to bed one too? Yes. Okay. With the sounds. <laughs> yes. I need them. I said literally to Ann Voskamp, no. I need you. Hatch, this is for free for you. I need Ann Voskamp to start reading us our, our <gasps> meditations at night. Yes, on Hatch. Yes. Because I love a podcast or a meditation at night. And last night I was listening to N.T. Wright and then I yeah. woke up and he was talking about, will you be buried or cremated? And I was like, <laughs> this is very troubling. This is being spoken over me. Right. Come right. on, Anne. Let's go. And a lot of their meditations are beautiful, but some of them, I will start it and be like, oh, this isn't, this is faith-based, but not my faith. Bit dodgy. Yes. And yeah. so if this is someone else's faith, a different God they're 100%. worshiping. And so I don't want to be doing that as I'm going to sleep. And so I listen to Pete Gregg's Lectio 365. Yeah, that's beautiful. Their I love one. that one. Oh. And I'm like, I think you got me into through. that. You got me into that. <laughs> Did you? Yes, oh, yeah. you sent me that. The yes, ones. yes. So I'm, I, that, that's how I try to end is by listening. But I'm like, come on, Hatch. Hatch and Peloton both need to talk to the faith community. I love this. Let's put more pressure on them. Yes, come come on. on. I love that Hatch alarm clock too. And I've started where I thought it'd be great to plug my work phone, my like computer, my tiny computer, and my phone in together at night. But even then, if I put that by my bed, you know me, 
I'm looking on Instagram in three seconds. 100%. And so I'm like, well, now I need two different chargers. I need one charger. No. Oh, it is. My self-control is so low that I have to build the highest walls in literally every area, including my phone, to oh. make, because I want to pray. You want to start the day right. And I think yes. that's actually what makes this doable for people listening. So like, oh, you're not some superhuman species. Oh, you're actually a human being who yes. can't do this without spiritual disciplines, accountability. Yes. And then we've just given some practical things. Yes. Like falling asleep to the Lectio 365, yeah. like waking up with Hatch and yeah. maybe a bit of structure. And and I think also like there was a community of women and we we're like, let's do this together. Yes. Let's do this together. And what yes. did God say to you? And just seeing different people get different breakthroughs yes. and hear God for themselves in a fresh way. Yeah. Well, you have a book open that you, do you want to read to us from that book? What is it? Well, listen, I do love a bit of Andrew Murray. Oh man, we love dead guys around here. Andrew (laughs) Murray, he's one of the best. And this one is The Prayer Life. It's on our list. We have a AnnieFDowns.com slash prayer is a bunch of resources we've collected this month. And so, so the people can listen to Pike. I mean, we're like discipling about prayer this month is our hope. Okay. So we've listed books and podcasts and sermons and songs and all sorts of stuff. So the prayer life is on there. Well, why I love this book, I mean, his book on humility is stunning. Yeah, I haven't and read it. Shocking. No one, I haven't read it. Yeah, stunning. <laughs> and I, what I love about his books is that they're quite little. Yes. And so actually you pick it up and you think, I can actually do this yes. in maybe even a week or yes. maybe a couple of nights. But I love that his book, The Prayer Life, it actually starts off with... I'm the problem. Wow. So it's so easy to go, oh, look at that. What's uh-huh. going on right now out there? Mm-hmm. Oh, can you believe the yes. church or this? Right. No, I'm the problem. Mm. My sin and my need for a savior. And I love that that's like chapter one, cha- like chapter two. I'm like, oh, we're still there. Yeah. <laughs> we're still there recognizing like it starts with me. Mm. And I guess it's really the foundation for prayer is this dependence on a savior and then it just goes off looking at Jesus's example how Jesus prayed what that looked like and then how we can pray in community how we can take up the cross so it's a beautiful book and he just says I love this in page 30 he says this prayer is not merely coming to God to ask something from him it is above all fellowship with God and being brought under the power of his holiness and his love till he takes possession of us and stamps our entire nature with the lowliness of Christ, which is the secret of all true worship. If that's what we're going after, that is worth waking up early for. Yes. Yes. Okay, Beth, what did we not say about prayer that you want to make sure we say? Anything we forgot? I feel like there was a lot there for people to just digest. Yes. Praying for our enemies. It kind of begins with communion, fellowship, friendship. And then it's this kind of trifold, don't be anxious. But in everything, there's prayers of supplication, prayers of thanksgiving. Let those requests be made known to God. And I just pray for those people listening, whether it's carrying suffering, whether it's carrying anxiety, whether it's carrying something that they love, actually that this has been a place for them to go, do you know what, I'm going to pray now. I don't have time to go to my room right now, but I can pray continuously in this yes, moment. Little yes. beautiful arrow prayers to God are heard, mm-hmm. as well as cultivating that discipline which will bear fruit that cannot die off age yes. in that secret place with the Lord. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beth, thank you so much for making time to do this today. I'm like, my prayer life has changed in the last year. 
so much thanks to you. And so having you on here feels like getting to bring my teacher in a lot of ways and my friend, but my teacher to my friends listening. So thank you so much for coming and doing this. Well, I love you, Annie. And what I love about you is that you are fun. (laughs) And you are such a people person, but you hang in with people in the hard places and the secret places. And that's what people listening maybe don't know about you. But all the voice notes, all the messages, all the scriptures that you've sent me, I'm like, that's God's kindness in those moments where I'm like, I'm never going to do this. So friends who pray, the best friends. Best friends. I'm so thankful. Let me ask you one last question. Speaking of fun, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. Oh, my goodness. Listen, anything with my fam. Yeah. All those personalities, <laughs> all that energy. I'm like, the Redmonds, a hang with the Redmonds is like my idea of a dream because they're all big. They're doing different things. Are they things. like you or are they like Matt? Some of both? I mean, some of them are so emotionally intelligent. I'm like, oh, this is And then some of them are just fun. They're just fun, yeah. light and fun yeah. and easy. But I just love the blend. But listen, I'm a girl's girl. Uh-huh. So we just went away with yes. like 50 women. Yes. And to me, I just find that so fun. Like oh, girls so in fun. every corner, like mm. big chats, light chats, fun chats, a bit of dancing, yeah. a bit of horse ride, like all of that to me. Give me a girl's weekend or a weekend with my fam. I'm like, I'm a happy woman. Yeah. Me too. I love you, friend. Thanks for doing love this. You too. Thank you so much. Oh, you guys, isn't she just the best? My gosh, what a gift. What a gift she is. Remember the book we talked about, the Andrew Murray book, is listed on that AnnieFDowns.com slash prayer page where you can go and link to movies, books, podcasts, songs, sermons, all sorts of resources to help you grow in your prayer life. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is watching a baseball game. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Let's go watch a baseball game. Have a great weekend. Go watch some baseball. We'll see you back here on Monday to continue our prayer series. Actually, next week, we are spending the whole week answering your prayer Q&A questions because wowie zowie did y'all have some. So what was supposed to be one episode turned into two episodes with three of my favorite guests and you'll get to hear all of them next week. We'll see y'all then. Have a great weekend. Yeah, I like-